Hello and welcome to God is a Dad podcast. Uh, my name is Justin. I'll be your host today. I'll be joined in a bit by my friends Dan and Jake. We are three dads who have been friends for a long time who like to talk about parenting and specifically how God parents us and then try to kind of parent our kids the same way. Today's episode is going to be a little different than normal. Uh, it's going to be a little bit less serious. Mostly we just wanted to ask Dan about his experience in Disney World that he had uh, a few weeks ago. Largely because uh, he was not expecting to enjoy it. But as you're about to hear, he was extremely impressed by Disney World. And really surprised by how good of a time he actually had, personally. And not to mention his kids. So uh, we're going to talk to him about that. He's going to share a little bit, uh, some tips about how to maximize your time there. How to save a little bit of money. How to make sure you get the most out of your trip. Uh, and so if you're looking for some tips and tricks on Disney World or trying to decide whether or not you want to take your family there. And then a little bit later, we compare and contrast Harry Potter World to Disney World. Specifically, kind of when the ideal time is, if you want to go to those parks, what age your kids would be ideally. Hope you enjoy it. Let's get started. Are we going to have Dan recap his uh, Disney World? Yeah, I'd like to hear that. It was phenomenal, guys. I I am, like, converted. Wow. I am converted, for sure. 100%, no doubt. It was a ton of fun. So, can, can you can you give me a quick re- recap of why... What were you thinking when you went in? Like, uh, your expectations were, like... Because you were not looking forward to it. And so, your... Your attitude yeah. was... I told my dad that I texted you. I'm going under extreme duress. Yeah, yeah, sure. And I was like, each time I get done with the day, I'm so tired and I get in bed. I'm like, oh, I just I just want to wake up at a normal time and have a breakfast and not do anything. And then I wake up and I'm kind of grumpy. And I get in the car and then I go to Disney and I'm like, oh, my gosh. It, like, sucks, like, this excitement out of you that you didn't know you had, kind of. I wasn't, I wasn't looking forward to going because I don't. I really don't like touristy trap, attention grabbing, surface level entertainment. Yeah, I didn't think that it was going to be as high quality as it was. Mm, all of wow. the all of the characters were super nice. They were always smiling, always had great attitudes. All of the actors, all of the shows. I was just very, very impressed with the quality of Disney. But I just remember as a kid going and always being scared. Like most of my memories of Disney are like (laughs) being scared on rides, you know, because they do like the 4D shows. And I don't think they had quite learned subtlety yet. I've got a lot of like really fun experiences there. But one of my favorite experiences was (laughs) to my kid's dismay, this ride, it was a 4D 4D vision like you put on the 3D goggles and then you go into this theater you sit down the ride was called it's tough to be a bug and it's the bugs life characters and then halfway through the grasshopper character the militant grasshopper character comes on and he's like you guys are our enemies and so he sends a whole bunch of bugs after you and mm-hmm. it was just complete chaos in the in the theater after that like it was like being on ten roller coaster rides. Kids were screaming. I looked over and Ella was like rigid in my sister's arms, just going, mm. <laughs> and like they like shut off the lights. They sent 
sent steam out into the audience. They said, all right, boys, get them. And then like a thing was supposed to mimic like a hornet sting in your back. Spiders yeah. dropped down from the ceiling. I mean, it was pretty I'm remembering intense. this now, yeah. yeah. And I remembered the theater. I remembered as a kid needing to leave, refusing to just running out of the theater for one of those. And I'm like, right. oh, that's why I was so scared all the time. It was, it was genuinely yeah. scary. Like, for anybody under 10, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like a, oh, I would funny. see that being like a super traumatizing event. Yeah. Wait, so have did, both of you went to uh, Disney World when you were younger? Yeah, I did. Yeah. And so I remember a couple other rides where, like, there's this explosion and uh, kind of like a typhoon was caused by this explosion. Like, I thought I was going to die. 100% thought I was going to die. Admittedly, I wasn't the toughest little boy out there, uh, for sure. I think, like, the kids' rides now are a whole lot more, at least the ones that I we went on, and we went on just a ton of rides, were super appropriate for their age, like five and a half. You know, they'd want to get back on the ride, or they would want to, they were, like, always looking forward to the next one definitely felt like for them like it was a magical experience mm. like, just because the quality was so high throughout everything like there were two staff who were manning concession stands at different times that i saw who had a frown on their face and it stood out to me because i was like you're the first unhappy disney employee i've seen all day which is was incredibly shocking to me that's impressive and then just like the total amount of experiences like we probably went on five to six rides a day but even when you weren't on a ride there was so much to do and see and like the parks would change kind of throughout the day so like you'd return to another area and they'd be hosting a totally separate event uh that was just like on the sidewalk one of the things that was super surprising to me is i would go on some of the rides and i would see for a kid how they would definitely think it was magical because i left the ride or I would spend maybe like the first 30 seconds to a minute trying to figure out how they were doing it. Like, I don't know how they're doing this right now. Like, I don't know how they do some of the simulators where you get into it and there's 10 feet available in the room because you can see the ceiling, but they make it feel like you're falling 100 feet. Like, I just, uh, some of the physics tricks that they pull in that is pretty impressive. I was really shocked by the quality. I was also really happy about it because. Our days were pretty centered around the kids because they were always entertained. Like we had to corral them a little bit, but not really just because they were so excited for the next thing and looking out and they were like, had really good behavior the whole time because they were excited and wanted to go where we were going because it was for them, um, which I think made a big difference. Uh, one of my big concerns going into it was that they would just be tired out like halfway through and just start whining and not be able to like mm. follow directions and stuff. That was definitely not the case. Wow. They were really good behavior, really looking forward to the next thing and able to kind of, hey, we're not going to do that right now because we're going to this one or we're going to go meet this character. And they, oh, okay. I saw Anna's Instagram post about, she said she felt like she was fully a mom or something because she, like she was asked what was her favorite you know, experience during the trip or whatever. And she, oh, <laughs> or she said some, some, the cliche, like just watching everyone else have fun or whatever. <laughs> and it was yeah. like truly genuine, you know, that that actually came out of her. I just thought that was funny, man, because 
I don't know. It's like it re, it's real. You know, it's a real thing that I think when you're, you know, you're just younger, like it's hard to imagine that being the case. You know, it's hard to imagine genuinely taking as much delight in someone else's experience as my own and yeah. being filled with that kind of gratitude and happiness that I could watch someone else having a fun time and that could just fill me with happiness. I mean, that's kind of like probably the definition of selflessness or yeah, when I read that, I was like, oh, that's, that's a cool thing. Man. I really like that. It was super fun. Like, mm-hmm. Ella was literally in her own little heaven. There's like, th- there's this festival, Festival of Fantasy, and they just parade through Magic Kingdom with a bunch of the characters. They play music and people wave and dance or whatever. It's like 10 to 15 minutes long. And Ella was with my mom, I think, and her face she was away it just looked like it was in pain because she was like screaming to bell and waving and she was like could not get off of it it was like this <laughs> joy it was it was so genuine like mm. i don't think i've ever seen it was like the most exuberant she has ever been she was like almost crying because she was so happy oh my gosh that was wow. probably the best that the that's funny that you uh that you brought that up because I was going to ask the the opposite of like, did you enjoy yourself regardless of uh, without the, Ooh, it was just fun seeing my kids have fun. Like, Mm. like, did you have fun apart from that? Because I remember like, well, one of our first podcasts, uh, Justin talked about doing things that he enjoyed with his kids. And then that would make time more enjoyable uh, for the both of them. Because if he was yeah. doing something that he liked doing, then, then the, they would all have fun doing it. So yeah. did, did you have those, those times? Oh, yeah. It's a ton of fun. They definitely drew more out of me. I looked forward to the rides. I looked forward to, mm. to going around and seeing stuff. Because it was all... If the quality wasn't up to the standard that it was, I don't think I would have enjoyed it nearly right. as much. But yeah. pretty much everywhere is is designed to ninety five percent of what you would what what you'd want it to be. The best experience that we had in terms of like value, I would say, would be the early morning magic, where you get into you you get into a park and then you can get into like a subset of the park. So there's like. Fantasyland or Tomorrowland or Toy Story World or Pandora or there's a there's like all these little mini parks or I don't know what you call them inside mm-hmm. of like Epcot or Magic Kingdom or whatever. And so you get early morning magic and you can go to one of those parks. We got early morning magic for Toy Story Land. It was an hour and a half of like there's maybe 300 people allowed in the park. And you could just go around. They brought out the characters of the park. And then you could ride all the rides because the lines were super short. Ella and I rolled the Slinky Dog roller coaster three times. And then we each got on one of the other rides in Toy Story Land. We went to Toy Story Land. And then we also saw like Woody, Buzz, and Jesse and got their autographs and pictures or whatever. Mm. And then they gave you breakfast at the end of it. But Ella and I, we split up. Anna and I split up with the kids and Ella wanted to ride Slinky Dog and Eli wanted to ride this other one. And so I 
got on the roller coaster with Ella, and the, the roller coaster, the way it worked is it initially there's a hill and it doesn't take you up slowly. It like it's supposed to be the dog stretching out and then it shoots you mm. up over this hill. So like at the peak of the hill, I saw like the gates, not necessarily the gates open, but I saw the crowd rush in. And it was I don't know how many people were in that crowd. Maybe four hundred well, like it was just chalked side to side mm-hmm. of people. Not running, but vigorously walking as fast as they could to get to the rides. And the longest <laughs> wait we had for the Slinky Dog roller coaster was maybe 10 minutes. And the wait immediately following the doors opening was three hours for that one roller coaster. What? Yeah. So, like, it went out of the park into another one of the subsects of uh universal studios so like the line in terms of value i almost wow it counted for like over a day's worth of entertainment there yeah uh that's a no-brainer yeah so it it was incredible we definitely we were super blessed by my parents to do the you know they they were the the funders of the trip so i don't i don't know if i would have ever spotted that trip because of my own notions of disney and then sure sure with their help you know i'm yeah yeah i'm a i'm a convert for sure so so knowing what you know now about disney would you would you fund it yourself if you had to go back yeah for sure wow okay my plan Anna and i've talked about like what would be the perfect you know the ideal disney vacation and i would think that it'd be like kids from five to ten three days and early morning magic on two of them you wouldn't get to see because we were there for five days and i was just continually impressed with how often something new would pop up or they would decorate a new area like you'd walk back you'd see like the cinderella castle right you know you'd see it throughout the day and then as we were leaving my parents and i with the kids they had draped lights over the whole cinderella castle um and it it looked really 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 good i was like yeah yeah and there's stuff like that all over the place wow all the time you know they do like the opening ceremony for the park or like the tree of life would have like an end of closing ceremony i don't think you'd necessarily get to see all that kind of stuff like that i saw but that almost wouldn't matter i think your days would be so full anyways and mm-hmm. uh, the other thing, the other reason why I would say that it worked out really well is Anna spent a lot of work on setting up fast passes for all of the rides um, that we wanted to do. So, like, there's, like, two lines. One is just the regular, like, you get in line and wait, and then another is a fast pass. And if you buy tickets to Disney, to, like, the amusement park or whatever, you get three fast passes for the day that you can set up 30 days in advance, I think, Mm. if you're not staying on the resort. And so those fast passes allow you to, like, get into, like, this super short line within, you have, like, an hour window that you can go to the ride. And so the wait's usually, like, five minutes or under, usually, um, if you have a fast pass. And she, like, did a ton of research so she like picked out the rides that were like really popular 
for us to get fast passes to and then we were able to ride like the less popular rides mm. because the lines weren't as bad so we got to do like a a lot of like the value was really good because she did that wow um, yep. strategic I mean, that's the nightmare, right? That is the absolute nightmare scenario is that you spend a bunch of money to go to Disney and then you stand seven hours a day in lines. <laughs> yeah. And you ride four rides or whatever because it's yeah. just, I mean, that's the that's that's the worst case scenario. I mean, other than everybody puking or something. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's cool. I want to say on average, I stood in lines like an hour to an hour and a half a day. We probably rode. It's pretty good. We probably rode five to eight rides a day. I could have ridden less, and it, there would have still been plenty to do. So would you recommend Disney to me? I, I think we, we, we know where Justin stands on Disney. I think he's, he's pretty sold on, on it. So on the other end of the spectrum, <laughs> there would be me. I'm like, Disney seems like the worst vacation idea I could ever think of. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, hold on. Why? Why? Why, why is it the worst? <laughs> I, I am. I, I am not a theme park type of guy at all. Uh, yeah, it, it just seems what what you just described, like the waiting in lines, the crowds. I'm just not a theme park guy. I I'm not huge on the rides or anything. So, would you recommend it to me? Would Would I have fun? Definitely, one hundred percent for sure. Wow, I'm sold. Because I feel like Dan, Dan, probably before this trip, you and I would would probably have been close on that spectrum. Yeah. Of our Disney expectations, so I I, w- I was watching very carefully what <laughs> how you would respond because I, I I was like if if Dan can have a great time at Disney, then I'm pretty sure I could too. Yeah, it was great. We're uh, we're planning a trip to LA. Uh, during Adrian's spring break in March, mm-hmm. and then the people that we're hanging out with uh, could potentially get passes into uh, Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And so they, they were talking about that as a possibility, and a, both Adrian and I were like, oh man, we would only have like five days in LA, and so spending one whole day in Disneyland did not seem like, a, like it would be fun. And I mean, Elliot is super young. I mean, he, he won't even be two, so it wouldn't really be fun for him, but maybe in the future. Not now that that's definitely on the radar. You know how similar Disneyland and Disney World are? I don't, I don't really know the, I don't, like the, yeah, like, what's the difference? got the Disney stamp, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think they're, yeah, I definitely think they're different, but I've always had my, in my head that Disney World is better than Disneyland. But I don't know to what degree that's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe the quality of everything is the same, but maybe just Disney World has more stuff. Yeah. Just like the sheer volume of things is higher. Dude, Disney World is 40 square miles the size of San Francisco. It's insane, man. And then Disneyland, wow. Disneyland is like 100 acres or like 85 acres. Uh, what's the I don't know the conversion? Yeah, I I don't know the <laughs> mileage, but I think it's like six hundred and forty square acres equals a square mile. Oh, Dude, wow. that's insane. That's that's not even close to the same experience. So well, well now I'm pretty intrigued to do Disneyland because then I could yeah, I can 
a Disney World light version. So that that might be right up my alley. I feel like like Epcot and so there's like four different parks: Epcot, Magic Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, and Animal Kingdom. Yeah, and each one of those is probably about that size. Sure. In terms of acreage, so it's probably like akin to one of those. You went to Harry Potter World, right? Yeah, with my siblings. Is that Disneyland? No, that's Universal Studios. Uh, was it? Was it, was it sweet? Uh, yeah. I mean, I I would say that I'm not a huge huge theme park guy either. I mean, as a kid, I would be I would be huge. You know, I would totally be sold on it for my kids and that. Uh, yeah. So the problem, the only problem with that was was Harry Potter World is everything in it is is great, but it's really not that big. The Harry Potter section and kind of the rest of Universal Studios is pretty underwhelming, I would say. Mm. So you could maybe spend two days in Harry Potter World. Two would be plenty. They have Diagon Alley. That's like one mm. section in one part of the, the place has a couple rides. And then it, it, like, they literally try to build that build Diagon Alley with all, with all the shops and stuff. You can go in and there's a couple mm. rides and there's like different show kind of acting things they do every once in a while. And then there's, uh, what's the Hogsmeade, the mm. village that is, you know, close to Hogwarts. And you don't actually, I mean, they have a Hogwarts ride mm. that you go on to like tour, tour Hogwarts, but they don't have like a, a castle built that you can kind of go through. That would have been, that would have been pretty awesome. But <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, they've so they've got like the wand shop that you go to if you want to get your wand that does the magic and they have a bunch of, yeah. So you, you, the ideal, you would go get a wand early on. You pick it out, and they have it's pretty cool, man. I mean, it's pretty magical. They picked out some kid who got his who got his wand, mm. and they you know they kind of did the the animatronics or whatever to make to like like when he swung his wand, it, it does things and it it feels really real. And there's like music in the shop or whatever that kind of plays yeah. and makes the whole thing feel real. And I I thought it was it was so funny because it was obviously clearly a ploy to like get at least one person to buy one of these seventy dollar wands or whatever. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. he, he pulls out a kid, you know, and he's like, "Oh, this wand chose you" or whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, okay, parents come to the concession shop, and here's the wand that you know specifically chose oh, him this magical no. experience. <laughs> like it was brilliant, you know. But I mean, if you're if you're taking your kid to Harry Potter World, you should probably expect to buy them a wand. I mean, I don't, you know. Yeah, 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 I don't know what you're doing. I mean, maybe you won't buy them the robes and all that stuff because they do. They have a bunch of little scenarios set up like all around all around the parks where you you kind of wave your wand in these. It's kind of, it's like infrared lights or whatever, and you wave your wands in these patterns in certain ways, and then things light up or whatever all around the park. Uh, so that's pretty cool. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff. But you like you want to go to the the candy shop or whatever the fa- the famous candy shop in the in the book, and you want to go to the Hogsmeade Tavern or whatever. You want to get butterbeer. You want to go to the, the joke shop. Did you and... get butterbeer? Yeah. Was it terrible? Uh, no, it was pretty good. Oh. It was fun. Yeah, it, it's like sweet. So, I mean, I don't, you know, it's, but not too sweet. I don't know. It, it was, yeah, it was definitely worth worth getting. Um, I had a homemade butterbeer once and it was yeah. the worst thing I've ever had in my life. <laughs> yeah, that sounds dubious, but no, the, the real deal was, was pretty good. Yeah, the the only the thing that I you might somebody might not like is the rides are there's there's a one or two roller coasters that are just standard roller coasters, but the two big time rides that you would want to go on if you went there are the one is the one through Hogwarts and then the one through Gringotts Bank. Mm-hmm. 
they are they're kind of roller coasters, but they're also sort of mini movies kind of too. So there's yeah. a lot of they do a lot of the 3D like you kind of ride a roller coaster to to one section and then you kind of watch something on a screen that's happening and then you, you know, ride around again and then you you see something else happening on a screen and whatever, like that kind of thing. Uh and so it kind of it could make you sick, I think, if you're not I think the Hogwarts one is older, and so the 3D wasn't as good. And it, it, I think Nicole is like really sensitive to that stuff. She she got pretty she got pretty sick after it because it's not just a traditional roller coaster. They they do the it, it's like the Bugs Life thing, but but yeah. it's actually in a roller coaster, you know, which is which is a pretty cool experience. I thought it really immerses it, immer, it really immerses you into the world a little more. Yeah, yeah. Two days max, and then the rest of Universal Studios really it really was pretty disappointing. I don't I don't know if there's anything of note in the whole rest of the park. Mm. Unfortunately, that's probably not true, but nothing sticks out. But yeah, I mean, if you're a big time Harry Potter fan, which, man, you know, there's a lot of big time Harry Potter fans. I think yeah. it's a, I think it's a must go, just because it, it really does make you feel like you're in the, you're in the world for, for a few hours. What age a kid do, would you would you bring there? Yeah, they probably need to be older. You know, I mean, like reading, definitely reading, and probably whatever age a kid could read the book by themselves. I mean, I know you, obviously you can read your, the book to your kids or whatever, but I mean, all the rides are pretty adult-ish. Like, there's not a lot of kitty kitty. There's almost I don't know if there is a kitty ride in the whole thing. Mm. So you kind of need to be handling pretty real roller coasters, I think, to do anything but look at stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I was I don't know when do kids start reading in earnest? Like third, fourth, fifth grade, fifth grade, yeah, fourth. Probably. I don't know. Yeah, that's probably when I would do it if I was going to take my kids. I think Disney, from what from what I remember of Disney, which was a while ago, Disney seems like easily the younger kid. Do that when your kids are young, and then wait a few years, and then go to Harry Potter World if you need to. Mm-hmm. I love I love the the idea of the the worlds based on characters, even more. You know, like I think when I went to Disney, they didn't have all these worlds that you're describing. They had they had like their little their little sections of the park. You know, like. Tomorrowland and the Magical Kingdom and Epcot or whatever, but they didn't have the themed worlds. Mm-hmm. It's a great innovation. I don't know. I don't know if Harry Potter World started that. Yeah, it's it's the right way to do it. Yeah. The only downside going around the holidays, I think, was they played Christmas music the whole time we were there. <laughs> the whole, whole time. Yeah, yeah. And for one day it was fine, but when it was like January fifth, yeah, I was yeah. like. Why are they still playing Christmas music? Uh, That's great. It's so... Wow. um, When we went to Toy Story Land or whatever it's called, Toy Story World, because it was early morning and it was just that park, they had the Toy Story music playing. And that added, I think, to the experience to hear like the kind of lulling Toy Story theme in the background. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like on the rides or whatever. So I think that would have like made the experience quite a bit more varied based mm-hmm. on the worlds because you would get like, especially like, cause Epcot has all the different countries and they would have Christmas music, <laughs> you know, French Christmas music, Chinese Christmas music, Norwegian <laughs> Christmas music. Yeah. If you, if you cut it up into worlds, then you, it makes it a lot easier to get really immersed because it's always kind of weird to walk around and see Buzz Lightyear, but then see, yeah. You know, I don't know, Prince Charming next to Buzz Lightyear or whatever, and they're like they're even like staying next to each other sometimes or whatever. And you're like, yeah. wait a minute. I mean, it, that's cool because they're care, but but if you could go to Toy Story Land and you felt like you were a toy or whatever, or you know, in in that world for a while, 
uh, that would be that's a cool that's a really cool experience. So was was the Star Wars thing not not finished? Yeah, Star Wars wasn't finished. Yeah, it's not there. Yeah, yeah. We did. So Ella's favorite ride, I think, was the Slinky Dog roller coaster, which is probably like the most intense kitty roller coaster there. Eli's was probably Star Tours. So like it's like a you get into some sort of spaceship, and then you there's a a rebel alliance member on the ship, and so the empire is trying to like trying to get you oh, blow up your ship yep. and make you turn over your rebel alliance member, and so like you get in the ship, and C three PO is like this animatronic, and so he talks to you, and he's like driving the ship. And then, like, R2-D2 pops out, and he starts driving the ship. Mm. Yep. And the it's like the, oh, the Bugs Life thing, but you're, like, rolling around and moving in a 3D space. And that was, like, the... I don't know how. I have no idea how they did that with their space constraints because, like, Darth Vader gets a hold of your ship, and you, and he, like, rocks you side to side, and then you reverse... It feels like you go backward about like I don't know mm-hmm. yards, yeah. but it's it's pretty crazy. You probably only go back like three feet or something stupid. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, that was probably his favorite. They also did like a demonstration, like uh, there's a imperial march. But Star Wars World would be pretty cool. Cool. All right, guys. Thanks a bunch. Sweet. Cool. I'm glad you liked it, Dan. That's fun. That's way better than coming back disappointed. Ditto. We'll see ya. All right. Thanks so much for listening. If you like this podcast and you would like to help us out, there's a couple ways you could do it. The first biggest way would be to tell either a mom or dad that you know that might enjoy it about it. Recommend us and see if they like it. And that would be great. Especially if that mom or dad is your spouse and you're looking for a podcast you guys can listen to together. We're trying to make this podcast one that's accessible and entertaining for both moms and dads. So if you're married, you have a spouse, tell them about it. That'd be great. Uh, Otherwise, if you could follow us on Instagram or Facebook, whichever one you use the most, that would be great. If you could leave us a rating or review on iTunes, that's also always really helpful to help people discover our podcast, that kind of thing like that. So if you could do that, that'd be great. Otherwise, we'll see you back next week with a more traditional uh, episode. Thanks a bunch. See you then.